This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio, the Love Friday edition of Freddie and Harry. You got Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together, we are presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80. And don't forget about us on TuneIn and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. There's always NFL questions. There's always NFL answers each and every week. But we'll tell you what we know and what we can't wait to find out. We do that in about 10 minutes right here on Freddie and Harry. But I'll throw this at Harry Douglas right now. Uh-oh. We got the biggest game on Sunday. And some nice matchups. You got the game you're doing on ESPN Radio on Sunday. Browns-Ravens in Cleveland, 1 o'clock Eastern time. Coverage begins at noon Eastern time. You and Steve Levy on most ESPN radio stations. You have the All-American Bowl. You got the Pages versus the Cowboys. A lot of people intrigued, even though Tom Brady not a part of that game. What are the Cowboys going to look like? The game of the day is at 1 o'clock. Nothing personal with the Browns and Ravens, but the game of the day is at 1 o'clock <laughs> with the Bills taking on the Miami Dolphins. The way both of these quarterbacks, what we've seen, what we believe we're going to see, going into this game, just this game right now, who would you rather have as your quarterback? Is it Tua on the Miami side or Josh Allen on the Buffalo side? Just for this game right now? Just for this game. Oh, man, this is a tough one. I'll be honest with you. I'm going to go with Tua. Because of the way he's been playing. And it's the precision, right? It's the anticipation in the pass game. It's the not having to see things happen before they actually happen. And a lot of times we see Tyreek Hill and these running backs and these other receivers and these tight ends get these explosive plays. Well, Tua plays a big part in that as well because he's seeing things on another level from the quarterback position. And that precision and that anticipation and that accuracy – that Tyreek Hill talked about last summer that when we were talking to Sam Ocho about that a lot of people laughed about, it's now come to fruition at another level. And I think it has this Miami uh, Dolphins offense playing at an elite level, right? I, and I mentioned earlier that I think them and the Browns defense are the, are the two units mm-hmm. across the National Football League right now that has the most confidence, and that's being displayed on the football field. So I'm going to go with Tua Tagovailoa because – you know, he does take care of the football. And I understand Josh Allen, it's, 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 he's a dual-threat guy. He has the rocket arm. He can rush the football effectively and utilize his legs. But you do have that dark cloud, <laughs> you know uh-huh. what I mean, still hanging right. when it comes to the turnovers. I'm not necessarily, necessarily worried about that with Tua because how he's perfected his craft to this point right now. Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills quarterback. By the way, Josh, I'm going to tell – Everybody, why I'm on your side compared to Tua Tagovailoa? After everybody hears how important is this game for you, the Buffalo Bills, the city of Buffalo, and against this Dolphins team that's been red hot coming in. In division rivalry, you always want to win your in division games. Team that we play twice a year. I know it means a lot for the fans and their fans, our fans, whatever it means for standings, this and that. At the end of the day, it's week four. Um, they all mean the same for us. You know, it's the biggest one that we have in our schedule because it's the next one, and you know, it's a team that's playing extremely well. Um, we understand that. Their, their defense is playing at a high level as well, too. So we got to put in the work this week, have a great week of uh, preparation, and go out there and try to execute on Sunday. Here's why I'd rather have Josh Allen going into this game. Based on everything you said about Tua Tagovailoa, he's probably sick and tired of hearing about that. He's probably like, look, I get it, but they whooped up on the Denver Broncos. They're not getting 70 here. As a matter of fact, we believe we can score in their defense. We don't have Jordan Poirier. I got his six. Josh Allen has always been that dude. He's always been that guy that anytime you slide him just a little bit, he always seems to rise from the ashes like a phoenix from the old mythological stories. 
I think that's what he's going to do on Sunday. He's not going to outplay Tua. I don't think he's going to outthrow Tua or have more yardage than Tua. That doesn't mean he's going to be less effective than Tua because he'll be able to do it in two different ways. That's why in a game like this, playing at home, on the other side having that kind of motivation, I'd rather have him this Sunday as my quarterback. I don't. That doesn't mean I think, think Buffalo's going to win. I'm just talking about stri- strictly from the quarterback position for Josh Allen compared to Tua. Now, I hate referring to last season because every year is different. Absolutely. But I, I want to go back to the playoff game when the Miami Dolphins played the Buffalo Bills last year, and they had Skylar Thompson as their quarterback. And they only the Miami Dolphins only lost that game 34-31. to And a lot of people assume if Tua was available, that game, the outcome of that game would have been different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm looking at the Miami defense, even though they got a different defensive coordinator, but still you still have a lot of the same pieces. Mm-hmm. And that defense last year in that playoff game was able to force three turnovers by Josh Allen. They picked him off twice. They forced a fumble once. And they sacked him seven times. Seven times. So I, I know those players on the Miami side are saying, okay, we're going up against Josh Allen. He can do all these miraculous things. But we also got the best of him last year in the playoffs. And you don't forget things like that because mm-hmm. once you feel like you can break somebody, you feel like you can do it again. And that's another reason why I will take Josh Allen in this game, based on what you just said. He does not want a repeat performance of that even though they won that ball game versus Miami. He does not want to have anywhere near where we saw opening night where he accounted for four, four turnovers, three interceptions, and one fumble. Dan Olowski, and you were there when he was on GetUp, ESPN NFL analyst, he says if they're going to win this game, if Josh Allen's going to be Josh Allen again, he's got to be the leader of the Justice League. He better be Superman. The cape goes on. you got to score 35 to beat the Dolphins. You are not going to beat the Dolphins by ball control or running the football. You have to score 35. Week one, I was very critical of them because I said grow up. Because there was a style that you had to play to beat the Jets. That style will not work. This is a game that Josh is going to go have to play some, make some of those plays where we go, no, 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 no. Yes. Yes. No, no, no. He's got to put on the cape. That's the Allen roller coaster, yeah. And that's in many ways, like when when this team would play the Chiefs, that's what the, the method was, that Josh is going to have to go play some Superman yep. hero ball. He'll have to do it at times, but he can't put everything on his shoulders. No, nope. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. It can't be. Yeah, if he I tries mean, he, to do that, it's a problem. Yep, yep. He he has to do what Dan Olowski is talking about to a certain extent. There's co- context matters, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, when I say it's just not him, I'm looking at the Bills' defense. Right, you still have to do your part, right? And and right now, 
when you look at NFL stats from a defensive perspective, the Buffalo Bills are number two in total defense when it comes to yards. They're number three in sacking the quarterback. They're number three in forcing turnovers. So that's a part of this game plan as well when it comes to Josh Allen. Uh, Ken Dorsey, they have to run the football yeah. effectively. Right, but when it comes to Josh Allen and making plays, oh yeah, he's gonna have to sling it now. Yeah, it's gonna be a he lot gonna of fun. To, he gonna he gonna he gonna have to make some plays because that offense that we've seen so far from the Miami Dolphins, I I don't think they're backing down any, any, anytime soon. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun game. You got Tua Tagovailoa and the Dolphins offense on one side, Josh Allen the Bills offense and defense on the other side. That's at one o'clock Eastern time. But at the same time, I wonder what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson, Browns quarterback. By the way, he's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. He is questionable, the Browns quarterback, with a shoulder injury. And it's not the one he doesn't use to throw. It's the one that he needs to throw. When it comes to his right-throwing shoulder, he suffered that injury while running the football versus the Tennessee Titans in that win on Sunday. He's not going to have Odell Beckham Jr. and Rashad Bateman. Both those wide receivers are out. Whatever running that he believes he's going to have to do, I wonder how much of that will be a think twice situation, knowing that I'm dealing with the right, I'm dealing with shoulder injury, and I know that I'm going to be able to make that happen. I know the guy on the other side doesn't have his two wide receivers, and I got mine. I wonder how much Deshaun Watson, excuse me, will have to fight that temptation to say, "Yeah, I can run, but I better make sure I don't try to be that tough guy. Just get as much as I can, and either get out of bounds or slide, and let my playmakers get the ball to them." And let them do the dirty work instead of me doing running the football. And it's it's a hard balance, Freddie, because when I watched that game last week versus the Tennessee Titans that the Browns played, you see some flashes of old Deshaun Watson, right? You think one time he's going to be sacked, or multiple times he's going to be sacked, and he finds a way to get out of it, and he throws a dart to you know his wide receivers or his tight end or anyone that's available um, downfield. Right now, when when you look at the Baltimore Ravens. They do a good job of stopping the run. And I thought, you know, Kevin Stefanski had a good game plan. He he basically said last week versus the Titans, we're not just going to sit up here and hand the football off, and we know this team in their front seven is, is really good. We're going to utilize Deshaun Watson. Things have changed since Nick Chubb has gotten injured. Yep. And Deshaun did a good job. I won't say he did a great job, but he did a good enough job to, in the past game, and he didn't turn the football over like we've seen him on Monday Night Football mm-hmm. versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. So it's going to be a give and take, but I think, for them to win this football game, Deshaun Watson is going to have to play well because the Baltimore Ravens also defend the run well, just like the Tennessee Titans. And um, I'm interested to see what they're going to be able to do. And the Ravens, Mike McDonald, um, their defensive coordinator, he likes to blitz. Uh, Kyle Hamilton last week, he got three sacks yeah, he did off of three half. blitzes. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I was watching the film, and I said to myself, well, damn, are the Colts at some point going to understand that this man on the line, of, the end line of the scrimmage, the line of scrimmage, <laughs> is anyone going to block him? Anybody going to go out to him? <laughs> Three sacks, man, from the safety position. So his 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 lower back is a little sore, so I'm interested to see how healthy he's going to be in this game as, as well. It used to be that when the Cleveland Browns are coming to a game like this, you would say to yourself, all right, nah, they're not going to play it out. They're not going to play it right. They're going to find a way to screw up that game. I don't get that sense from this Browns team in 2023. Their defense is their identity. The defense told the offense, yes, look, we don't have Nick Chubb with the running game anymore. Let us handle it. We'll be, the, we'll be the backbone. We'll be the pulse of this football team. And you guys thrive off of us. And we've seen that so far. They realistically could be 3-0 and had their offense not thrown away the game by allowing first a pick six on one and then a strip sack and a fumble for a touchdown the other. Other than that, the Cleveland defense, like, we did our job. I don't think we're going to have to have a Cleveland 
revisit a situation like that because that defense, let it be known. Trust us, jump on our backs, see what we can do, and we'll get you exactly what we believe we can get everybody. And that's a team that's going to be a threat in the AFC, in the AFC North and maybe the AFC. Yeah, that defense of Cleveland, they're the anchor of this team right now. Now, I will say this. It is Deshaun's team now because Nick Chubb is no longer out there. But I think the imprint on the Cleveland Browns as an organization right now is that defense and the way they've been playing. I, two things for the, for the offense. I, okay. I thought Kevin Stefanski did a great job of incorporating Elijah Moore last week. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that had nine catches, but he's also a guy that can be utilized in the backfield Kind of like you see, um, I can't think of his name right now, for the Arizona Cardinals, they had a rushing touchdown last week oh, against Dallas. About, yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not Connor because he's their power. Back, nope, but it's, I, it's, it's, I can't think, I'm drawing a blank. But also, I think the tight end room for the Cleveland Browns, because they have to pass the ball more now, I think it's time for that group in Cleveland to step up more so than they have this season. When you talk about Njoku and also Harrison Bryant, yeah. those guys have to step up that much more because of the loss of a Nick Chubb because we are going to see Cleveland pass the football a lot more moving forward. Keontae Ingram, that's the one. That was the kind of like Swiss Army knife kind no, of no, guy. No, 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 no. It's the, the guy that – Rondell Moore. Rondell, Rondell Moore, Moore, yeah. That's right. He, they list him as wide receiver. Yep. He's more a slot back, yep. that kind him of Him and thing. Elijah Moore do a lot of the same yeah. things on the football field. Yeah, they, yep. they certainly, certainly do. Like we mentioned, football action on Sunday. Harry Douglas and Steve Lee will be a part of the call on that Sunday as the Cleveland Browns will host the Baltimore Ravens. Coverage begins at noon Eastern time on select ESPN radio stations. Oh, my goodness! To the end zone, reel! I've got some questions I want answers. NFL questions and answers. Oh, baby! Give me everything you got! With Freddie and Harry. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Thanks for being a part of it and allowing it to be a part of you on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell that smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We do it each and every Friday, not once but twice, and this is part one. It's all about questions and answers. We'll tell you what we know and what we can't wait to see. And we start with the toilet bowl. Broncos at Bears. Hi, Harry. What do you know? What do you want to see? I know coming into this season, these two quarterbacks, when it was uh, Justin Fields or Russell Wilson, got a lot of attention. What I need to see, though, which one of these defenses are going to show up for the first time in 2023? Because they clearly have taken the season off the first three games. And it's about (laughs) time one of them step up and make plays and get stops that's properly needed in the football game to help them get a victory. Here's what I know. Both of these teams will try to use their quarterbacks as scapegoats if things don't turn around. No matter what happens on Sunday, there's still going to be that blame game placed at the feet of Justin Fields of Chicago and Russell Wilson of Denver. That's what I know. What I want to see, if we get a tie, when you have two teams so bad, (laughs) can't they both just be 0-3-1 by the time it's over? And I know they don't allow ties in the NFL again. That would be brutal. But it would be fantastic. It would be just wonderful. Two bad teams like this, 
And when they end on Sunday night, they still do not have a victory. That's what I would love to happen on Planet Freddy. Falcons versus Jaguars in London. All right, what do you know? What do you want to see? I know both of these teams are coming off beatdowns, whether it was the Falcons <laughs> versus the Detroit Lions or whether it was the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Houston Texans. Uh, it left a bitter taste in both of these organizations' mouth. What I need to see, we've seen Trevor Lawrence at the tail end of last season, I would say about six or seven games left in 2022, Right, be a phenomenal quarterback. But his start in 2022 was a good. Now, fast forward to now, 2023, mm-hmm. kind of the same start. Things have been shaky in Jacksonville. So I want to see if Trevor Lawrence in this offense mm-hmm. can get on task because they haven't been on schedule so far. Yeah, that, that's part of my what I know. I know the Jacksonville Jaguars are on that struggle bus. And I wonder as well if they're going to be able to figure out to get off that bus and find a different bus to get on and be the kind of offensive team I thought we were going to see. That's exactly what I know. What I want to see if Desmond Ritter can make plays in the passing game. Don't think for one second that people did not watch that game with the Detroit Lions and say, oh, ho, ho. If we slow down the running game, B. John Robinson, 10 carries, 33 yards. Algier, I think he was out there. I'm not really sure. I didn't see his uniform get dirty at all. They told that running game not today. That's the blueprint. And Desmond Ritter, he's going to have to step up and make plays in the passing game. If he can't, all of a sudden the struggle bus will go from Jacksonville to the Atlanta Falcons. Vikings at Panthers. Vikings 0-3, Panthers 0-3. It's kind of like the mid-major toilet bowl involving both of these teams, except the Vikings aren't as bad as their record, although your record tells you that you are who you are, but they're 0-3 in one-score games. What do you know about this game, Harry? What do you want to see? What I know about this game is, like you mentioned, Freddie, both of these teams are winless, and we do know the Minnesota Vikings are better than what their record displays and shows. What I want to see is if Minnesota for once can actually take care of the football hmm. because that's the reason that they're sitting 3-0 and because if they knew how to take care of the football, they would be 3-0. and So that's what I want to see. Here's what I know. Bryce Young's going to play, and that ankle's going to get injured again Uh-oh. because the offensive lineman can't protect him. He's got to run nope. for his life. And when you're that slight, somebody bigger is going to fall on you and ouch, quit it, ouch, quit it, ouch, quit it. That's what I know. What I want to see is if the Carolina Panthers can have any kind of defense to slow down Minnesota. They're 0-3. It ain't the offense's fault. They put up points after points after points after points in the first three games. I want to see the Carolina defense that was ballyhooed coming into the season can live up to those preseason press clippings because so far it has not been good for that defense with the Carolina Panthers. Steelers at Texans. What do you know? What do you want to see about one team in the Steelers 2-1 and one and the Texans getting their first victory? And their quarterback, C.J. Stroud, looked awfully comfy last week as they won that game for the Houston Texans. What I know is that that Steelers defense and T.J. Watt is the real deal. And I'm not even <laughs> talking about Holyfield because I'm from the A-Town. <laughs> what I want to see, C.J. Stroud had a wonderful game last week versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. But this defensive line that they're about to go against and, you know, they're down starters on the Houston Texans offensive line. Yeah. I want to see if those guys can not get C.J. Stroud injured. And, and it's sad that I'm saying that, but the way that young man played last week, I don't want him to get injured because their offensive line cannot block the Steelers' defensive line. So I am praying that that doesn't <laughs> happen, Freddie. I'm being honest. Here's what I know. C.J. Stroud's going to be more than all right. No matter what happens on Sunday, the Texans got a gym at quarterback. Yes, they and he do. told everybody, I'm the best player in this draft. 
It didn't take long to see exactly that he probably knew what he was talking about. That's what I know. What I want to see, hey, Steelers offense, where are you? I've seen your offense on milk cartons. Hello. On help wanted posters and post offices. Hello. Have you seen this offense online? Where are you? <laughs> Running game, where is that? Inconsistent passing game. I thought Kenny Pickett would be a lot better. I thought the line would be able to be better for Pittsburgh in both the run game and the passing game. But, hey, Pittsburgh, where the hell are you, especially on offense? You told me one thing. You've shown me another so far in the first three weeks in the NFL season. Rams and Colts. Raise your hand. You have the Colts 2-1. and one. Put it down. You're lying. Nobody saw that coming. True. And Anthony Richardson, their quarterback, is going to play. The Rams, they lost a tough one against Cincinnati Bengals, Harry. What do you know? What do you want to see? Well, I know linebacker for the Colts, Zaire Franklin, is building off the phenomenal year that he had last year. And it's a thing of beauty to see because he's able to stack these two seasons, especially so far this year. Uh, what I want to see, though, is if the Colts, who are 2-1 and one and right now leading the AFC South, can continue to surprise everyone in the National Football League and become 3-1. and one. And I think this is a matchup in which they can actually win versus the Los Angeles Rams. So that's what I want to see. Here's what I know. Anthony Richardson's going to be really, really good. I can't wait to see him back out there in concussion protocol. I know Gardner Minshew is the perfect backup, but Anthony Richardson, he's going to be just fine. That's what I know. Uh, what I want to see, if Matthew Stafford can find another receiver not named Pakua Nakua, because when they shut him down Cincinnati Monday, nobody else is able to get open. I know the offensive line has been compromised, but without Pakua Nakua, you need somebody else to step up and be a guy because that guy has shown up as a rookie but nobody else really consistently for the Rams at the other wide receiver positions. Buccaneers at Saints. Both teams are 2-1. The Saints should be 3-0. They let that 17-0 game get away from them versus the Green Bay Packers. And the Buccaneers, they got taken apart by Philadelphia on Monday night. Harry, what do you know? What do you want to see? I know the NFC South is still wide open. You got three teams that, sit, that are sitting right now at 2-1. and one. This is going to give someone in that division the upper hand or an edge moving forward. What I need to see, I want to see Baker versus Jameis. Oh, yeah. I want to see which one of these quarterbacks are going to be the better the better one in this matchup. That's mm-hmm. what I'm looking for in this game. That's what I want to see. Okay, here's what I know. The Saints offense will continue to struggle without Derek Carr. And even though Jameis Winston gets a week of practice, that, that's too much hope and praying that he's going to be just fine. That's what I know. What I want to see is if Mike Evans can continue to not be stopped. When you're playing for a contract like he is, you're just laying waste to everybody. And that's what he's doing on secondaries. Baker Mayfield's probably thrilled thinking, man, if I can stay in Tampa Bay, I need to convince that guy to stick around. And if the front office does not give him another reason to not stay. That's what I want to see. Michael Evans, keep on keeping on, brother. You've been unstoppable so far in the first three weeks. Raiders at Chargers. What do you know? What do you want to see? What do I know is that I've seen some bad things from both of these football teams so far, and we're only three games in. Literally seen some bad things. What I seen Jimmy Garoppolo do last week and just throw the football to any and everybody really bothered me. (laughs) And from the Chargers and Brandon Staley going forward on fourth down at his own 24-yard line, and luckily the Minnesota Vikings were worse than him after that possession. (laughs) What I need to see, though, I need to see the Chargers put it all together in one game. I haven't seen them play a complete game this season. They have the pieces to the puzzle, but what good is it to have the pieces to the puzzle if you can't put together a complete game? So that's what I want to see. Here's what I know. Justin Herbert's a bad mother. Shut your mouth. Ooh. 
When your when your coach says, you know what, that running game, eh, keep doing your thing, bro. You Look got at that. Yeah, you throw over four hundred plus yards and have that kind of completion percentage. He's a bad mother. Shut your mouth, Justin Herbert, quarterback of the Los Angeles Chargers. That's what I know. What I want to see, which coach will screw this game up worse? Will it be Josh McDams and his coaching styles with the Raiders or Brandon <laughs> Staley like he's a fantasy football general manager with the Chargers? Either way, somebody's going to do it. The question will be, who's going to do it? That's what I want to see between the Raiders and the Chargers. He is Harry Douglas. Hit him up on Twitter, hdouglas83. I'm Freddie Coleman. Hit me on Twitter, Coleman ESPN, part of Freddie and Harry. We want to hear from you at triple eight say espn 888 What was your favorite toy growing up? 888 This is all based on the Jaguars and Falcons playing against each other on ESPN Plus on Sunday in London at 930. And there'll be a toy story theme. What was your favorite toy growing up? Hit us now at 888 We'll ask that of our next guest and his belief in the Detroit Lions after four games. This is ESPN Radio. Football Sunday on ESPN Radio. It's a critical showdown in the AFC North when the 2-1 Baltimore Ravens head to Cleveland to face the 2-1 Browns. Jackson to the end zone, and it is caught. Touchdown from Lamar Jackson. Coverage begins at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. For better or worse, I still will choose you first. Easy there, brother. Oh, Do that thing. Do oh, that thing. Oh, <laughs> He's Harry Douglas <laughs> with a little Harry. Love Friday. On this Love Friday edition of Freddie and Harry and Freddie Cohen, presented by Progressive Insurance on Sirius XM Channel 80, as well as telling your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Our next guest must be going, what in the name of all that is holy is going on? He is KJ, <laughs> right? From an NFL linebacker, Super Bowl champion. He's a great follow on Twitter, KJ underscore right. 34, can't wait to get his thoughts on this weekend in the NFL. And we're definitely going to ask a certain question that's become the question of the day on Freddie and Harry. KJ, first things first, we're sorry about the Harry Oki, Freddie Oki there when it comes to love by music, Soul Child. But number two, the Miami Dolphins. Freddie in the wrong profession. You need to be in music, Freddie. Harry Harry can definitely carry a tuna, not just in a coffee cup. He can definitely do that. That's not a problem at all. We appreciate you, KJ, when it comes to that. But this Dolphins team, you're a defensive guy playing in the NFL. They scored 130 points this season third most through three games ever. If you're on the defensive side of Buffalo Bills, you're not stopping them, but how do you slow them down? Man, if I'm the Buffalo Bills, I am having nightmares right now. Whenever you're facing a team on offense, you you like, what can I hang my hat on? This week, we're going to stop the run. This week, we're going to stop Tyreek Tyre Hill. We look at this Miami Dolphins. They are doing everything and at a very, very high level. These dudes had over 250 yards rushing. These dudes had five passing touchdowns last week, and it's like, who's going to get the ball? They got a two-headed monster at running back. They got a two-headed monster at receiver, and they got who's the MVP of the league right now, Tua Tungabaloa, that's having fun and making defenses look really, really silly out there. And so there's nothing you can do. To, I mean, you can't stop them, but you you got to try to slow them down. What I'm doing, if I'm the defensive coordinator, you still got to play with two high safeties. If you go out there and you try to single uh, Tyreek Hill, it's going to be a field day for this dude. Play two high safeties till your front seven up front, handle business, defeat blocks, keep this running back at bay as much as you can. But priority number one, you got to be able to stop Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. And, KJ, I want to ask you about this portion of it, the physicality from a defensive uh, perspective. 
when you have a lot of guys that are fast and quick like that? And I know it's easier said than done, but what do you think about that? Trying to be as physical as possible with the offensive weapons that the Miami Dolphins have. That's that's the only thing you can do. If them dudes come across the middle, you got to smack them dudes and you got to lay heavy on them. When they do try to run the ball, you, well, Mostert um, and, the, and the other guys, you got to be physical, defeat blocks, and really try to set the tone. Like, this is not going to be a track meet today. It's not going to be a track meet. You're not going to run up and down the field on us. And for the defensive coordinator, he has to do a good job as well as throwing this offense curveballs. I'm going to blitz when I know it's a known passing down. I'm going to come straight up the middle on third down. You have got to keep this offense off track. I played the Kyle Shanahan offense. I've seen what, what Mike McDaniels is doing. And so the best plan of attack is you got to give these dudes something different. Because if you don't, if you just line up and they see what they saw all week in practice, which they watched on film, them dudes are going to have a field day. He played 11 seasons in the NFL. He is K.J. Wright, former Super Bowl champion. Hit him on Twitter, KJ underscore Wright 34, and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. You said in your terrific podcast, KJ All Day with K.J. Wright that the Detroit offensive line, Detroit Lions offensive line and their running game is one of the best in the league. They put it on the Green mm-hmm. Bay Packers last night, KJ. At one point, they had a 27-3 lead. How much did last night's game reinforce that belief that you have in the Detroit Lions? And when I look at this Detroit Lions, it's obviously their right tackle, Pene Sewell. This dude is the next Trent Williams. This dude is going to be a future Hall of Famer. He's that man up front that really sets the tone for this entire football team. And when I look at Dan Campbell and I, what I love about him so much, that he has this team believing. He has the fan base believing. These teams, when they step on the football field, they are expecting to win the football game. You're telling me they went into Arrowhead? These dudes went into Lambeau Field and won pretty convincingly. So I just love what I'm seeing from this football team. Whenever they step out there, you see the confidence. You can see their preparation. You can see that they love, and they're, they love each other and that they're having fun. And so I've been picked the, the Lions to win this division. They're fun. They're exciting. And just to see the culture shift right before our eyes is a beautiful thing to see. Now, KJ, I can explain it, but I want you to explain it because you're a guest that played 11 years. You've been there. You've done it. What does it say to a football team when you have a head coach when you can kick a field goal and go up 13, but instead on fourth and goal from the one or two yard line, you, you see him over there. He doesn't blink. He leaves the offense on the field. You know, he probably want to put a big old skull chew in his bottom of his lip and spit it out. It, it, but he just has that confidence in that offensive line. And this wasn't the first time last night. Now, I've seen this from him within the first three games. What does that do mm-hmm. to a, a football team from a player's perspective when you know your head coach has that mindset? Well, at the end of the day, no matter what the score is, no matter what the situation is, rule number one is you got to respect the game. Respect the game. Respect your opponent. You're not here to embarrass dude. You're here to win. You're here to handle your business. But when it comes to getting the record, you can't go for it. You can't kick the field goal. You can't try to punch it in. Because, you know, that, that's not ball. And so I love what I saw from them. That shows that I'm confident in what I'm doing as a head coach. I'm confident in where my football team is. I know they won't have to go out there and chase records, chase that. At the end of the day, I'm building a culture. I'm really getting these dudes going toward, you know, on the same page. And the leadership that he displayed by not doing that said a lot about Mike McDaniels. And so this dude, like I said earlier, he's going to be the next Kyle Shanahan. The points that they're putting up, the swag that these dudes are playing with down there in South Beach, I know they're having a really good time. KJ Wright, former NFL linebacker, Super Bowl champion, and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Now it comes back to the juvenile portion of our program, KJ, because we found out earlier today that Harry Douglas' dad was like, you know what, guys, that toy thing, 
don't worry about it. I know you guys want to play with toys. Uh, well, he, he ain't my daddy, <laughs> so I'm fine. You know, so he didn't have toys growing up because that wasn't their thing. What was your favorite toy if you had one, KJ, growing up? Oh, here, I feel bad for you, man. But um, for me, <laughs> I, had, I had, listen, I had like 40 wrestling men from Hulk Hogan to Macho Man to Rey Mysterio Jr. I could close my eyes and, and I could say, oh, this is this is uh, Ric Flair right here. Oh, this is uh, the uh-huh. big show. I played with them dudes every single day. And I'm telling you, what I did with them was I played football with them. And so I had my wrestling man. But I, play, I was playing football with the wrestling man. So, Harry, you ain't have no toys growing up? KJ, listen, man. See, <laughs> see I, my brother Tony Douglas played in the NBA for eight years. So, growing up, all we did was sports and schoolwork. That was fun to us. We weren't playing no but, video but, games. But, we weren't playing with no toys. We, that's all we did, man. That, that, that was our life, and we, and we enjoyed it. But that's where my, my creative imagination came into play. I was out there drawing up plays, running through them with my wrestling man. That's uh-huh. where your imagination comes from. Uh-huh. uh-huh. See? That, that was neat. See, KJ, yeah. Yeah, KJ tried to bring a little childhood to you like the childhood, Harry, that you had. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I sacrificed parties, all that stuff growing up. See, I had a greater goal. I had a greater something else in mind, KJ. Yeah. It, it worked out for you. It worked out for you. It sure did. KJ. It sure did. KJ, it out for you. KJ, he's lying. He, you know he went to parties. Harry Douglas <laughs> is completely 100% lying. He gave up a lot of things, maybe milk and maybe toys, but he was not giving the party scene. I've seen Southwest Atlanta. There's no way he was giving Shake up that party. Shake it to the left. Yeah, hey, exactly. hold me up, homeboy. Hold me up. <laughs> <laughs> just, just give me a and let your kids play with toys. Just give me a favor. Let, let yeah, I got them. They, so they play with them. So they good. They good. They good. <laughs> Oh, KJ, KJ, keep it the great work, my man. Enjoy the podcast and take care. We'll talk to you soon. All right, fellas. Thank you for having me. Great stuff by KJ Wright, former NFL linebacker and Super Bowl champion. Like we mentioned, he has a terrific podcast called KJ Wright All Day. And also hit him up on Twitter at KJ underscore Wright 34 with Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry. What is your favorite toy that you always think about that you grew up and said, man, that brings me back to a special place. We want to know what your favorite toy growing up is. Let us know at the Freddie and Harry hotline at 888-729-3776. And the biggest that the San Francisco 49ers and NFC are, we'll fill in that blank if you keep it here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. College football tomorrow on ESPN Radio. It's an SEC West showdown at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, when Arkansas goes head-to-head with Texas A&M. Which begins tomorrow morning at 11.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the SEC Network. Presented by Dr. Pepper. This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. On Freddie and Harry with Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius X and Channel 80. And Taylor Sparks speaking to play ESPN Radio. Certain songs that get you grooving. Apparently, Groove Theory has got Harry Douglas grooving because he's dancing in the studio as we speak. <laughs> Freddie, you do this to me, man. Listen, these love Fridays, man. It's serious business to me. It really is. I I, ladies and gentlemen, I literally hopped up out of my chair. He did. Kicked that thing back against the wall. Hope I ain't put a hole in it because I'm not paying for it. And <laughs> it, it started grooving instantly. <laughs> My oh, goodness, my goodness, my goodness. It was worth it just to play Groove Theory just to see that reaction from you. We'll get our reactions when it comes to fill in the blank. NFL style comes of the week, and we'll do that in a couple of seconds. But people weighing in at triple eight say ESPN, 888 There's going to be a Toy Story theme for the NFL game in London on 
on Sunday, excuse me, on ESPN Plus at 9.30 Eastern time between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Atlanta Falcons. Harry Douglas and Freddie Cohen want to know, what was your favorite toy growing up at 888-729-3776? Brian in the great state of New Jersey, what was yours and why, my friend? Hey, Harry, first off, I love the show. Harry, I ain't mad at you for groove for groove theory because I was doing the same thing, brother. <laughs> yeah, <Now>. man. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir, Brian. <laughs> now, now, Freddie, I know me and you probably in the same age demographic, so I'm going to take you back, my brother. Okay. The electric football set was my favorite toy. Oh. One of them. I had that. And then at Atari 2600 when it dropped. Couldn't go wrong. Couldn't go bad with neither one of them. Yes, you, you Neither one of them. Brian in New Jersey. I, I remember those times growing up, Harry, where I would go to my aunt's house in West Springfield, Massachusetts, and my cousin Rufus, and he had the electric football game. We would literally, even on summer days, inside play that thing until my Aunt Lucy Bell said, enough, put it away, it's time for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had now, enough now, of this. Now, the electric football, is that the one where the game vibrates? and mm-hmm. You had to plug it in, it had the switch and everything. You had to line up your players and all that stuff put the football like at the bottom of their legs and everything like that. Then you hit the button. <laughs> pause. <laughs> that's what it would do. Hey, that's not a pause situation. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. I mean, not to mention, I mean, you had the thing vibrating too, like the the, ba- the baseline of everything. Now, that's a pause situation right there. Pause. I'm, I'm talking about the electric football game. <laughs> That gave new meaning to the term the electric circus when it came to electric football. As far as that goes, we're going to take more of your calls about 15 minutes. What was your favorite toy growing up? Can't wait to hear what you have to say at 888 We're so juvenile here on Freddie and Harry yes, presented by yes, Progressive Insurance. It's time to bring in our producer, Shannon Penn, who may be the ultimate juvenile Woo! when it comes to not keeping us in line. We're going to do a little fill in the blank with NFL Sunday, a lot of intriguing matchups. But these blanks need to be filled in, and Shannon makes sure that we do that thing right now on ESPN Radio. All right, Harry, blank. Well, I actually read that backwards. Wow. All right, the biggest Pause. threat, <laughs> the biggest threat to the 49ers in the NFC are blank. The who? Who you got? Biggest threat to the, the Niners? Philadelphia Eagles. Right. We look at this team, and they aren't winning pretty, but they're finding ways to win. And I think one of the things I think is that's been great for them is that that run game and their identity the last two matchups that they've had. They've been able to rush over for over 200 yards in both of those those last two football games. So I'm going to go to the Philadelphia Eagles. I still believe in Jalen Hurts, even though he's had a few turnovers in the first three games. This defensive line is still good, so I'm going with Philly. Me too. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Nothing against Dallas or Detroit, but the Philadelphia Eagles, they are that team. It's going to be, at the rate those two are going, it's going to be those two teams again meeting for an NFC Championship. There may not be anybody that can get in the way of that in the NFC. All right, Freddie, the Miami Dolphins offense is blank. Balanced. They can hit you the pass. They can hit you the run. They can muck it up a little bit and run through you. They can hit those deep shots with their wide receivers. They got an accurate quarterback. They got a great offensive system and a masterful play caller. They are balanced when it comes to Miami. Yeah, for me, the Miami Dolphins offense is a lethal injection. Ooh, I like that. That, that, so that, that's what I got for him. Excuse me. <laughs> I can't tell y'all know how it feels, but <laughs> lethal injection. Just stop. All right, here, here we go. Wow. Just stop. <laughs> All right. Blank is the best head coach in the NFL right now. For me, I'm still going to go with Big Red, Andy Reid. Um, he has the best player. I think he's the best coach. 
Things have started a little slow for their offense, but they were able to pick it up last week against the Bad News Bears. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to continue to say it until they show me differently. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go with Andy Reid. Yeah, if he's not 1A, the Nick Sirianni, the Philadelphia Eagles is 1B, to be completely honest with you. I'm with you. I know a lot of people are giving a lot of love to other teams, but this is what happens when you have a coach and a quarterback that have been consistently spectacular the last five-plus years, and that's what Kansas City has been. They're like the Golden State Warriors. You expect the great, and they deliver the great. That doesn't mean everybody else is better than them. I'm with you. It's still Andy Reid. All right, the last one here for you, Harry. The New York Giants offensive line is blank. Well, my trash people come on Tuesdays at my house, so I'm going with trash. Mm -hmm. I'm just being honest. Yeah, you know what? They are yuck and poo, that (laughs) offensive line. I don't know which offensive line is more yuck and poo, if it's the Jets offensive line or the Giants offensive line. There's a lot of yuckiness and pooiness going on there involving both of those offensive yes, lines. Lord. So, you know, but the Giants offensive line, yuck and poo. That's what they are. And you got two quarterbacks that are going to pay for that the rest of the season in New York. It was supposed to be the summer of baseball in New York, Harry, and the Yankees and Mets. And it's supposed to be the winter, fall and winter of football in New York, and maybe the Giants and Jets are about to do the same thing. Home field advantage. Someone got home field advantage. <laughs> Home full advantage. That's all, that's all we need to say as far as that goes. We got more questions and answers in the NFL. I guarantee you it does not include the Yuck and Pooh Giants offensive line. That's next on Freddie and Harry, and this is ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.